European Hearts Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 27, Focus Issue on Arrhythmias, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Management of Arrhythmias, Noax, Digoxin, Alcohol, Light, and Devices. Atrial fibrillation has become centre stage in cardiovascular medicine with the ageing population and the introduction of novel treatment options such as catheter-based ablation and, more recently, non-vitamin K oral anticoagulants, or NOACs. In a special article entitled Updated European Heart Rhythm Association Practical Guide on the Use of Non-Vitamin K Antagonist Anticoagulants, or NOACs, in patients with non-valvular atrial fibrillation, Executive Summary, by Hein Heidbuchel and colleagues, presented on behalf of the European Heart Rhythm Association. Since 2013, when the last version was published, numerous new studies have appeared that are relevant for patient management, as also outlined in the 2016 ESC guidelines. The current practical guide includes new information, in particular an updated discussion on the definition of non-valvular atrial fibrillation and the eligibility for NOACs, including novel agents such as idoxaban. Furthermore, the 2017 practical guide contains tailored dosing information, an expanded chapter on neurologic scenarios such as ischemic stroke or intracranial hemorrhage during NOAC therapy, an updated anticoagulation card, and more specifics on startup and follow-up issues. Many antiarrhythmic drugs have been abandoned or their indication markedly restricted mainly to proarrhythmic or other side effects. The oldest antiarrhythmic is digoxin, initially described by William Withering in 1778 after he had learned of the use of the plant in treating dropsy or edema, which we call congestive heart failure today, from Mother Hutton, an old woman who practised as a folk herbalist in Shropshire. Although in use for more than two centuries, its efficacy and safety is still debated in spite of numerous trials with the drug. This issue is discussed by Udo Bavendiek and colleagues from the Hanover Medical School in Germany in a current opinion entitled Assumption vs. Evidence, the case of digoxin in atrial fibrillation and heart failure. The numerous publications on digitalis caused increasing uncertainty in the medical and patient community regarding the start or continuation of such a treatment in patients with atrial fibrillation and or heart failure. Even though these publications all end in mandating the conduct of further randomised trials, they increase the difficulties in the conduct of proper studies which have been initiated, such as rate AF and digit HF. These trials should be able to answer the question whether treatment with cardiac glycosides is beneficial or not. In the present review article, the authors try to clarify uncertainties based on current evidence and emphasise the need of further prospective clinical trials. Among many, alcohol consumption is a risk factor for cardiac arrhythmias. Retrospective analyses suggest that supraventricular arrhythmias can occur after excessive acute alcohol consumption 
but perspective data are limited. Acute excessive alcohol consumption usually occurs during parties and celebrations. Stefan Brunner and colleagues from the Ludwig Maximilian University in Munich, Germany, report the results of their prospective investigation on alcohol-induced arrhythmias at Oktoberfest 2015 in a research article, Alcohol Consumption, Sinus Tachycardia and Cardiac Arrhythmias at the Munich Oktoberfest, results from the Munich Beer-Related Electrocardiogram Workup Study, Munich Brew. They enrolled 3,028 voluntary participants with a mean age of 34 years who received a smartphone-based ECG and breath alcohol concentration measurements. Similarly, they analysed 4,131 participants of the community-based Cora S4 study and associated cardiac arrhythmias with chronic alcohol consumption. During Oktoberfest, mean breath alcohol concentration was 0.85 plus or minus 0.54 grams per kilogram. Cardiac arrhythmias such as sinus tachycardia and other arrhythmia subtypes occurred in 31%. Breath alcohol concentration was significantly associated with cardiac arrhythmias overall with an odds ratio per one unit change of 1.75 and sinus tachycardia in particular with an odds ratio per one unit change of 1.96. Respiratory sinus arrhythmia, as a measure of autonomic tone, was significantly reduced under the influence of alcohol. In Cora S4, chronic alcohol consumption was associated with sinus tachycardia with an odds ratio of 1.03. Thus, acute alcohol consumption is indeed associated with cardiac arrhythmias and sinus tachycardia, in particular as a reflection of autonomic imbalance as assessed by significantly reduced respiratory sinus arrhythmia. Such an imbalance might lead to sympathetically triggered atrial fibrillation resembling the holiday heart syndrome. The provocative findings of this manuscript are put into clinical context in an editorial by David Conan from the McMaster University in Hamilton, Canada. More serious arrhythmias originate from the ventricular cavity and are an important cause of sudden cardiac death. Particularly patients after myocardial infarction are at risk of such arrhythmias. However, although preventative measures are at hand with modern implantable cardioverter defibrillators, or ICDs, prediction of such events remains challenging. In a second research manuscript, Prediction of Sudden and Non-Sudden Cardiac Death, in post-infarction patients with reduced left ventricular ejection fraction by periodic repolarization dynamics, MADIT-2 substudy. Axel Bauer and colleagues from the University Hospital Munich in Germany set out to test the value of periodic repolarization dynamics, a recently validated electrocardiographic marker of sympathetic activity, as predictors of sudden and non-sudden cardiac death, and to improve identification of patients that profit from ICD implantation. The authors included 856 post-infarction patients with left ventricular ejection fraction less than or equal 30% of the MADIT-2 trial in sinus rhythm. Of these, 507 and 348 patients 
were randomized to ICD or conventional treatment. Periodic repolarization dynamics were obtained from multipolar 10-minute baseline ECGs. During follow-up of 20 months, 119 patients died, of which 53 were sudden and 36 non-sudden. Increased periodic repolarization dynamics was a significant predictor of mortality with an odds ratio of 1.37 and of sudden cardiac death with one of 1.40, but it also predicted non-sudden cardiac death with an odds ratio of 1.41. While increased periodic repolarization dynamics predicted sudden cardiac death in conventionally treated patients, It was predictive of non-sudden cardiac death and adequate ICD therapies in ICD-treated patients. ICD treatment substantially reduced mortality in the lowest three periodic repolarization dynamics quartiles by 53%. However, there was no effect in the highest periodic repolarization dynamics quartile as the reduction of sudden cardiac death was outweighed by an increase of non-sudden cardiac death. The authors conclude that in post-infarction patients with impaired ejection fraction, periodic repolarization dynamics is a significant predictor of sudden cardiac death and non-sudden cardiac death. Its assessment is therefore a promising new tool to identify post-MI patients with reduced ejection fraction who might benefit from intensified treatment. The potential clinical use of periodic repolarization dynamics is further discussed in a thoughtful editorial by Georg Schmidt from the Munich University of Technology in Germany. Current treatments of ventricular arrhythmias rely on modulation of cardiac electrical function through drugs, ablation, or electroshocks delivered from ICDs, which are all non-biological and rather unspecific, irreversible or traumatizing interventions. Optogenetics is a novel biological technique allowing electrical modulation in a specific, reversible and trauma-free manner using light-gated ion channels. In an EHJ brief communication, optogenetic termination of ventricular arrhythmias in the whole heart towards biological cardiac rhythm management, Danielle Pineapples and colleagues from the Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands report optogenetic termination of ventricular arrhythmias in the whole heart. Systemic delivery of cardiotropic adeno-associated virus vectors encoding the light-gated depolarizing ion channel red-activatable channel rhodopsin resulted in global cardiomyocyte-restricted transgene expression in adult Y-star rat hearts, allowing red-activatable channel rhodopsin-mediated depolarization and pacing. Next, Ventricular tachyarrhythmias were induced in the optogenetically modified hearts by burst pacing in a Langendorf setup, followed by programmed local epicardial illumination. A single 470 nm light pulse terminated 96% of monomorphic and 53% of polymorphic ventricular tachyarrhythmias compared to none without illumination. Optical mapping showed significant prolongation of voltage signals just before arrhythmia termination. 
pharmacological action potential duration shortening almost fully inhibited light-induced arrhythmia termination, indicating an important role for the action potential duration in this process. The authors conclude that brief local epicardial illumination of the optogenetically modified adult rat heart allows contact-free and shock-free termination of ventricular arrhythmias in an effective and repetitive manner after optogenetic modification. These findings could lay the basis for the development of fundamentally new and biological options for cardiac arrhythmia management. Other changes in the ECG than arrhythmias are blockages of the right or left Tawara bundle. Left bundle branch block occurs often in patients with dilated cardiomyopathies or after infarction and impaired pump function. Cardiac resynchronization therapy device implantation has been shown to reduce morbidity and mortality, particularly in patients with heart failure and a left bundle branch block. Jeremy N. Ruskin and colleagues from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, USA, report the use and outcome of cardiac resynchronization therapy in their manuscript, Utilization and In-Hospital Complications of Cardiac Resynchronization Therapy, Trends in the United States from 2003 to 2013. Patients receiving cardiac resynchronization therapy with a defibrillator or pacemaker were identified in the National Inpatient Sample Database. From 2003 to 2013, an estimated total of 439,010 inpatient cardiac resynchronization therapy implantations were performed in the US. The median age of patients was 72, and almost three-quarters were male. Overall, 6.1% had at least one complication. Notably, during the study period, comorbidity index and overall complication rate increased, while mortality and length of stay showed no significant trend. Predictors of complications included age above 65 years, female sex, Deo-Charlson comorbidity index, while elective admission were associated with 40% fewer complications. Thus, in the United States, the severity of comorbid conditions increased from 2003 to 2013, leading to a rising trend of periprocedural complications among patients undergoing cardiac resynchronization therapy. The interpretation of these findings is further discussed in an interesting editorial by Giuseppe Boriani from the University of Modena in Modena, Italy. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.